Hi, this is Russ Gable, and I have the privilege of sharing some thoughts on the scripture reading today. We're going to look at John 21, and we're looking over verses 1 through 14. Jesus and the miraculous catch of fish. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring the, some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many in the net, it was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. There are a couple of really great nuggets in this scripture, but to find them, first we need to set up the time frame for this appearance to his disciples. The first appearance was right after his death. He showed up in front of them to let them know he was alive again. The second appearance he came again because Thomas was not at the first visit. Jesus needed to come and appear to them a second time to confront Thomas and put an end to his doubt. These two appearances happened in Jerusalem. Then the disciples traveled to Galilee. The book of Matthew and Mark confirmed that Jesus told them, go to Galilee and there they would see Jesus. So they went. It doesn't say how much time passed before this third appearance. They had to travel from Jerusalem to Galilee. That's almost 80 miles. And at a common biblical rate of travel of around 20 miles a day, that's four days of travel alone. John only says, quote, afterward, but it's safe to say that it was probably a week or more. Now they're waiting for Jesus to appear to them again, and waiting, and waiting. At some point, a group of his disciples decide to go fishing. They've got their stuff ready, and they head out for an all-nighter on the water. It's kind of amazing to me that the people Jesus commissioned to be fishers of men are back in a boat chasing fish. It seems like in his absence, they're kind of slipping back into who they were before they met Jesus. What a candid picture of our own tendencies. When Jesus is clear and present to us, it's easy to follow him and keep on track. But those times of waiting are an entirely different matter. When we're waiting on Jesus, when his next steps for us are not clear. That's when we face the greatest temptation of slipping back into who we were before. Our old habits, our old temptations, our old sins, and our old selves. 
Have you been there? Are you there now, waiting for an answer, praying for direction? If you are, please remember, as the popular worship song says, he is in the waiting. That time between appearances is the time for us to lean on the direction God has already given us and on the things that he has already shown us in the past. We don't have to slip back to who we used to be. That old self is gone. And God has already worked to bring you to a better place. Our waiting isn't a time to look back. It's a time to look forward in anticipation for what God has yet to do in our lives. But still, that's not always easy. Clearly, it wasn't for the disciples. And that's why what happens next is so amazing. The disciples decided to go to the lake and fish. And that's where Jesus goes to meet them. He didn't wait for them to come to him. He went to them in their place by their lake and called out to them. He even granted them miraculous success in the activity they cared so much about. He didn't have to do that. But in those actions, Jesus shows the nature of himself and his father. God pursues us. He comes to us. His son wasn't a celestial savior showering grace from the distant heavens. He came down to us. He was born in our filthy world. He walked on our crowded streets. He spoke in the temples, but he also ate with sinners. Most of all, he died on our cross. He came to us. Following his death, Jesus appeared to his disciples. Even though they were in a locked and secret room, he went to them to reveal the resurrected self to him. He appeared again in a locked secret room just to accommodate Thomas and put his doubt to rest. And now he appears by the fishing grounds to pursue his disciples while they drift exhausted and fishless on the water. He goes to their place, doing their activity, and meets them there. That is the nature of Jesus. Regardless of where you find yourself in life, close to Jesus or far from your Savior, know that he would come from heaven to earth and even to a cross to find you. He already has. There's no place we can be that's beyond the tenacious and relentless love of our Savior. I hope that thought brings you peace and comfort today, and I hope you enjoyed our look at the book of John, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14.